Hey guys, how you doing? And welcome to the Ken Burton Show podcast. Now, uh, this is one of the podcast stories that we do on occasions. Um, we post them up on the, uh, we, we put them on YouTube, but we also put them on the website so that you can download them basically and put them on your iPods and your iPads and your Android machiney things. Well, usually I kind of waffle a little bit before I do one of these, but uh, this particular one, I'm not going to do that today. I'm just going to go straight in and uh, try and separate a little bit of the podcast podcast from the podcast story. Now, uh, one thing I need to qualify is that some part or none of this may or may not be true. Okay, it is up to you, the listener, to decide whether or not you think it's true in part, in full, or it's complete and utter crap. And let me know in the comments. Comments on the YouTube video, which will go up uh, with the YouTube version of this podcast story. Okay, um, right, where does this start? Christ, I, I am guessing, I can't remember exactly, so I am guessing that we are back to 1983, maybe, 84, possibly. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Could have been a little bit earlier than that. But um, the, the, those people who have listened to these podcasts on a regular basis know that I was involved in some quite dodgy shit for the best part of my earlier life and um, there were consequences of actions in those days a lot more so than there are now god good god i mean you you commit a crime now you'll get a slap on the wrist and not even you know you'll get a, a police caution you know a burglary police caution that's rubbish that's absolute rubbish um mugging an old lady you know police caution or you might get you know, two weeks inside with your own cell, a TV, and, you know, <laughs> conditions of a fucking travel lodge, you know? So, uh, these days it's a lot different to where it was, is what I'm saying. And, and where it was, when you think about it all those years ago, good God, um, it was a long, long time ago. It was a different place, it was a different era that everybody knew their place. Society was uh, effectively uh, run on <laughs> an understanding, if you like. You know, you 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 pretty much had to know people if you were going to be a player. Um, if you were going to get involved with the police, then you know you had that rapport as well. And you know, the whole th there were rules to the way that we lived in those days. There were rules. Now, rule number one. You don't grass. If you got if you got busted, picked up, questioned, whatever you do, don't fucking open your mouth. Just literally, even if you've been caught, banged to rights, guilty as fuck, just sit there, shut the fuck up, and wait for your lawyer. Uh, and that's the way it worked. You know, everybody knew that. Well, let me tell you, it didn't always work like that. Back in those days, there was uh, some. I wouldn't say some quite nasty shit went down. There was a somebody had apparently um, committed a certain act against the daughter of someone else. Whether or not it was consensual, we never really found out. But to hear her dad talk, you would think that uh, his daughter got raped by a fucking gorilla. Uh, but anyway, there was a guy. There was a guy. And he was going to be spoken to, for want of a better word. 
So we we are like weekending, sat in the pub, talking as we do, and somebody came in and sat with us and started talking about, oh, have you heard such and such is on the warpath for Ujima Flip? Um, <laughs> you like these names? And uh, we kind of went, oh, wow, what did he do? He, said he fucked his daughter. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> now, his daughter was actually a fox, right? I mean, everybody knew this. We also knew <laughs> nobody in the world is stupid enough to go. <laughs> so anyway, this lad went off and uh, did this guy's daughter. And this guy put the feelers out uh, looking for him. And uh, what he'd done was he'd very sensibly moved out of his flat, <laughs> gone to stay with his brother. And uh, his brother was... Uh, no, his brother was a, a kind of fringes player. He liked to drink with us. He liked to play the hard man, but he he never was. He never got involved in anything. You know, if if there was a fight in the pub, he'd be the first one out the door in his car and off. You know, he's that sort of guy. So he didn't command a lot of respect, really. Uh, and the guy that had fucked the guy's daughter, he was a little bit the same. He was a bit of a player, but, you know... Anyway, um, it was a bit of a football hooligan as well, if I remember rightly. So anyway, there was, you know, cut this long, long section of the story very short. What happened was uh, this guy, who the father of the girl, got a few mates together, found out where the guy was, went round his house and uh, basically had a word with him. A little tickle with his fists. And the brother uh was kind of torn really because you can't blame you for this i mean look, he was torn between you know do i intervene and get my ass kicked or do i hide in a fucking cupboard well he hid in the cupboard and uh i think guilt ridden he then wanted to make something right he wanted to i don't know really maybe justify his actions in his own head it, it must have been really difficult because his brother did get a hell of a kick in. So, you know, it it must be difficult knowing that you were sat in a cupboard while that was going on. But anyway, that's exactly what he did. But afterwards, he went to the police. Yeah, not a good move. And he went to the cops and he basically told them what happened. Well, the police turn up and they interview the father, the daughter... The guy that got beat up, and nobody says a fucking dicky bird. The father denies all knowledge, the daughter denies everything, and the guy that got beat up is saying he fell down the stairs. So, that's all great. Only the cops know different, because uh, they've got a full and frank fucking confession out of this guy's brother. What are we going to call him? We're going to have to call him a name. Um... Let's call him Steve. Let's call him Steve. That's a, a name I haven't used. I don't think anyway. Let's call him Steve. So, Steve was very much now uh, a target by everybody, by anybody. And very sensibly, Steve left town. His brother denied all knowledge that he knew where he was. And uh, everybody just knew that if he poked his face around the, the, you know, poked his face around the city gates again, somebody was going to take it off with a spanner. So very sensibly, Steve fucked off. Steve went. He left. Gone. So um, 
Now at a rough guess, I'd say about six months went by, maybe a little bit longer. And no one had heard from Steve. Uh, the subject had died down. This guy had a, a fucking target on his head and everybody knew it. You know, there were, if somebody had brought this guy on a plate to this girl's father, you know, and as it happened, you know, I think he married her. I do. I think he married her years later. But I'm pretty sure that Steve's brother married his yeah i'm pretty sure they got married anyway um so that's long story short okay with what happened there a lot of time goes past nothing and then all of a sudden one day i'm sitting in my flat and i'm having a few brewskis and i'm watching a video and uh phone rings bing bing hey ken hey man how you doing yeah, uh, not too bad. You coming down uh, the boozer tonight? Yeah, I may well be coming down the boozer tonight. Have you heard the latest? What's that? Steve's back in town. Uh, fucking what? <laughs> Steve's back in town. You have got to be off your fucking trolley. No way has that guy come back. Oh, yes. Yes, he has. He has come back. And I'm like, wow, guy's got a fucking death wish. Okay. So anyway, I went down the boozer. And uh, we were in there for a couple of hours and somebody came in and said, uh, you know, you heard the latest. So, yeah, yeah, we've heard Steve's back. He said, no, not only is Steve back, Steve is on fucking hot because he's being chased. So, You're joking me. Where is he? So, well, there's a fucking car chase going on outside um, somewhere around the city and uh, it's all fucking kicking off. This guy is being hunted because he's got a price on his head, of course. And everybody wanted to curry favour anyway with this particular guy who'd been grassed up. Uh, so, I mean, I wanted to curry favour with the guy. I'd, I would have liked to have been in his good books. So, anyway, so um, we get uh, we get this message and we're thinking, well, there's nothing we can do. We can't, you know, and I wouldn't fucking help Steve if I could, uh, let alone, you know... <laughs> put myself in his way no way no way i'm not getting involved and uh anyway we stayed there we had a few beers and we we one of the guys had brought his mobile with him and his mobile went off and he answered it and he just went fuck off and we were like looking at him and he, he he held the the front of the uh mouthpiece and he looked at us and went he's fucking steve what <laughs> he wanted us not us he wanted this guy to get hold of his brother he wanted to meet up with his brother uh speak to him before he went somewhere so anyway but um you know uh the, the guy we were sat with said you know are you okay and all that yeah where are you oh, i'm not telling you where i am and all this you've got to get you've got to get my brother so uh we we said like oh fuck it if we get involved in this you know it's it's going to be it's going to be one way or the other, but fuck it. <laughs> so, tell you what we'll do. Um, tell you what we'll do. We'll go and see Steve's brother. All right. We'll go around his house because uh, we didn't know his number. And uh, we'll go and see or his flat and we'll see if we can't, you know. So, anyway, we went round to his place and he was in. And we said, oh, you know, we've got your brother's phone. And he went, oh, for fuck. He said, he's, he's, I know he was in town because everyone's been phoning me and telling me he's back. But he hasn't contacted me yet. I said, oh, right. Well, he's obviously trying to contact you through a third party. Now, Steve, um, 
thought he was fucking Miss Marple, didn't he? And uh, instead of like laying low, waiting for a point where um, you know we could pick up Steve and then go and find him or drop Steve off or you know anything like that, instead of doing any of that. Um, Steve was actually across the road in a car. Yeah, the only problem was that Mr. Nutcase had also got two guys across the road from Steve Brothers' block of flats in a car, and they'd spotted him. And basically, all hell fucking broke loose. Cars started to screech. There was a, a massive fucking... As cars started to go... Steve went like Joe Bollocks and this car was right behind him and we all ran to our cars and we fucking went after him as well. Now, where he was going to go was, uh, you know, absolutely... I mean, I, I just didn't have a clue where he was going to go. I mean, from from the area that we were in, uh, he was basically... I, I guess he was going to come kind of right through the middle of... Um, yeah, I guess he come right through the middle of uh, our end of Coventry. So, you know, he's he's probably coming down, um, no, maybe Brandon Road, St. James Lane or whatever. And he's he's coming down a long straight road and he's tanking it. He is absolutely fucking tanking it. Now, um, there was a place. <laughs> there was a place. There is a place. Uh, where there is a tiniest little fucking bridge between Willenhall and the next kind of place over. And it's really a nasty bridge. I mean, it really is a horrible little thing. And I remember seeing him bounce, this is Steve, bounce the back end of his car off the wall coming around this bridge because he didn't quite make it. He was tanking it down St. James Lane and closely followed by this other guy or these two guys in the car i was then in the next car and then uh steve's brother was in another car behind me now we were all kind of going for it and we were wondering well you know i don't know what the orders are of these two guys you know but i don't really want to get a kind of mix and match thing here but i guess if we can get a hold of steve and deliver him then that's big kudos points for us. Or at least we would have to help out. If we stood and did nothing and that got reported back, you know, questions would be asked. Why didn't you guys fucking give him a hand? You know, why didn't you guys intervene? So anyway, this guy goes tanking it down St. James Lane, right? All the way down the bottom of St. James Lane is uh, like uh, a set of traffic lights. He didn't even stop for the lights, straight through them, instant left. And the guy is like really now giving it some heading towards um, the old car factory. Uh, the, well, it wasn't an old car factory in those days. But anyway, so he's, he's through Willanore now. He's on the London Road. He's tanking it up towards an island where uh, the old Talbot factory was in those days. And it's Peugeot now. Oh, no, it's got, uh, they took it down, didn't they? Okay. So anyway, London Road. And we're all really giving it some. And I'm thinking at any point we're going to get blues and twos behind us. We we must get blues and twos. We get to a point where there is a junction, a left and a right. And there's an option there. You can either get off and go to Wrighton or you can carry on down the Foss Way. Okay. Now, uh, that's on the, the old 423. Now, the Foss Way is a big, long, straight road 
anyone that's got any fucking sense is going to go down the big long straight road all right uh because the only way he's going to get away from the guys behind him is if he does some mad fucking overtaking moves drives like the wind and you know manages to avoid him right so we uh get to this uh little island right which is on the oxford road and i could see i mean he he was losing me quite badly i must admit (laughs) but the two guys in front of me couldn't fucking drive for toffee either twats so anyway we got to an island and i saw um steve take a right on this island wrong way around the roundabout completely the wrong way and he just kind of took a right now i know the area quite well so i roughly know where he's going he's heading towards bubbinall uh yeah there is actually a place called bubblin hall uh so i'm thinking now what do i do here because there aren't very many roads in this area so what i can do is maybe i can take a shortcut and maybe I can head down uh, towards, I don't know, possibly, um, oh God, where was it? Prince Thorpe. Take, get, take a, a quick tank down at Prince Thorpe. Take a right, cut across country, maybe cut the guy off. I don't know. But these thoughts are going through my head. And I'm saying this to the guys that I'm with because he's got nowhere to go. He's on country roads now. Anyway, we're not on this road for more than 20 seconds. Fucking screeches of brakes and smoke everywhere. He basically hit the hit the anchors on this and decided that his best bet was to get out and go on foot. Uh, I don't think I'd have taken that choice, really. But the two guys, maybe he thought he was fitter than the two guys that were following him. I don't know. But he hangs this incredible right turn up this bloody little (laughs) tiny little like alleyway thing and instantly he's at the reservoir i think it's a reservoir anyway i'm pretty sure it's man-made but it's kind of like this small reservoir just outside bubbinall and uh you know he abandons the car and he's on foot so he he's legging it the other car with the two guys in it in front of us they hit the anchors they get out and start running but both of them are fairly big guys and we, we kind of looked at him and thought, nah, they ain't going to last very long against Steve. He was kind of a fit bloke. So anyway, we kind of, you know, left them to it. And uh, we hit the anchors on the car as well, got out. Four of us running after them. And, you know, Steve's brother and a couple of other guys behind in the car behind leg, legging it after us. So we're all running kind of anti-clockwise around this reservoir. <laughs> And there's a little path that goes around it. I don't know. I mean, some of you have probably been there before, but it's a funny little place, really. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of one of these nondescript places, you know. I remember years and years ago going there a few times when uh, we were young kids um, because one of the neighbours had a canoe and uh, he used to put the canoe on this roof of this mini and go down and we all used to mess around in this canoe. But the problem with that particular reservoir was it was quite famous for one thing. A lot of people died there. Now, I'll tell you why a lot of people died there. It was um, a complete death trap for swimming. It was one of these places where it's got huge numbers of reeds under the water. In places, it's quite deep. In places, it's quite shallow. 
but everywhere under the water are these uh, grappling reeds. And if you dive in and get caught in these things, they just wrap themselves around you and you can't get out. Now, uh, this is why I guess this place was never really used for um, water sports or anything like that, because it was absolutely fucking dangerous. I, I seem to recall about five or six times reading stories in the paper, hearing stories about people dying at this place. So, you know, it was it was a well-known spot for that. He says, popping a chewing gum in. Right, so, anyway, we're running anti-clockwise, and we get to, like, the first corner. And you've got to think of this thing as, like, an offset square, if you like, or a rectangle. And we're anti-clockwise running around a rectangle and we're at the first corner now there's quite a lot of bushes around there there's a lot of um a uh, lot of trees all that sort of stuff it's fields around it and uh uh the path actually carries on it, it carries on going in a uh roughly kind of straight line and then goes off somewhere else to a road i think i don't know it's farmer's paths anyway so uh um yeah so that's that's you know, pretty much what we were what we were doing was chasing him around, and we took a he took a left, we took a left. The two guys in front of us, the big guys, had stopped. They were out of breath, practically lying on the floor, going. <laughs> so anyway, we carried on running, and uh, we were shouting at him, "Steve, Steve, stop! It's us! It's us!" And anyway, we get to the second corner, which is kind of. The second corner is kind of it's it is a bit of a you know um uh right angle corner now down by this right angle corner is um like a a little fishing spot i guess it's kind of like a little bank which leads onto the water and we uh we we kind of chased him into that point now steve's knackered we're knackered and steve has given up he stood next to the water on this little bit of bank and he's quit right he's given up and we're kind of stood there looking at him. And we're, we're kind of saying to him, you know, man, this is fucking crazy. You have got to get the fuck out of town. You know, you cannot be here. You just absolutely cannot be here. And uh, he's saying, well, you know, I need to see my brother. I need to see my brother. I'm going soon. I'm going. And then, of course, his brother was one step behind us. And the two of them then, you know, grabbed each other and kind of gave each other a hug and stuff. And um, he said, uh, I'm going. He said, I'm going. I'll, I'll be abroad. Chances are you're not going to see me back. And that's why I needed to see you before I went. And that that was really sad, really. So anyway, these two carried on talking for a couple of minutes. And then next thing we know, fucking Pinky and Perky arrive around the corner. These two uh, beef eaters. Well, um they weren't taking any uh, shit from this guy whatsoever. And they just looked at this kid and said, we're taking you back. And he went, no, no, you're not. No, you're not. And he said, well, you can fucking take us on if you want. And then, you know, the two beef eaters looked at us and said, and what are you guys going to do? Because they didn't particularly know which way it was going to go. Are we... Um, are we going to prevent these guys from taking this guy, Steve? Are we going to let them have some time? Or are we going to bring him in? Are we going to join? Well, it's a fucking quandary because um, we're with Steve's brother, right? Who was a, you know, 
he wasn't somebody I really wanted to kind of do the dirty on, you know. So anyway, I'm just pushing the cat down. It keeps standing in front of the damn telly. So anyway, um, we're kind of, you know, chatting away and chatting away and uh, let's push it away. There we go. And um, we're tr trying to kind of looking at each other, trying to gauge what we're going to do, what we're going to do. And then, um, you know, we looked at these two beef eaters and said, uh, you know, we'll take him back in our car if you want. And we we were just wondering if we did that, if we took him back in our car, could we give him an opportunity to get the fuck out? Anyway, there's all sorts of ideas running through my head, and I, I didn't really kind of know what was you know the right or the wrong thing to do at this stage. I just knew that I really shouldn't have been there, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, questions were already going to be asked about why, at the point of getting a phone call, did we not contact uh, this? guy so you know that was that was already going to be asked and with oh fucking hell you know so anyway the beef eaters went for the guy went to grab steve and steve jumped in the water now it was dark when this happened and steve got in if you like if you're looking at this thing as a rectangle he got in at the bottom right corner now, right in the middle of this of this uh, little reservoir is an island. And we were kind of thinking, is he going to get to the island and kind of hold up for a few hours, if he sensibly will, and wait until it's light and these guys have gone and then swim out. And then maybe we could do the, oh, I've just seen some bushes moving over there. And, you know... Uh, convince these guys he's done a runner, maybe help him get out, but do it on the quiet. So uh, difficult as it was, um, we just kind of watched, really, as he went off into the darkness. I mean, there's no light in. There's only moonlight. We couldn't really see. He had a, a leather jacket on. You know, we couldn't really see him once he'd kind of got a few yards out. And we're calling to him. And the beef eaters are calling to him, get the fuck back here, get the fuck back here now. I'm really, you know, he wasn't completely stupid, I think. He knew what would happen to him. And he knew that the smart thing to do would be to not be in the hands of these two guys. So, anyway, the beef eaters shouted to us, split up and check the banks. And uh, half of us went one way, half of us went clockwise, half of us went anti-clockwise. And I ended up kind of around about the area at the very top, about the middle top of the rectangle. And uh, I wasn't there for very long. And I heard something in the water. And I've got one guy with me, because we had all kind of split. And I'm sort of going, Steve, Steve. And I didn't hear anything coming back. And then I heard a fair amount of splashing going on. And then I didn't hear anything at all. And uh, I just kind of stood there, really, knowing pretty much that Steve had drowned. And there was a bit of shouting going on across the water. 
anyone see it? Anyone see it? And because it was midnight, it was, or it was late, it was pitch black, um, it was just voices in the darkness. And then I thought, I've got to call it. And I shouted, over here, over here. And I was pretty soon joined by a bunch of other guys. And uh, I told them what happened. I said, look, I've just heard a load of splashing in the water down there. Could have been a fucking duck drowning for all I knew. But it was a lot of splashing and now it's gone really quiet. And we all kind of looked at each other. And then one of these uh, beef eaters said, uh, I'm going to run back to the car because he wasn't very far away from the car park at that point. Just make sure his car's not gone or he's not there. So he ran back to the car and we just kind of stood there debating whether or not we called an ambulance. We called the cops. We called fucking Beefeater's boss. We did that. We called his boss. And he said, leave him. He said, just leave him. Go back tomorrow when it's light and just see if you can see him. So uh, we left. We all got in our cars. We all fucked off. And we all went home. Following day, I was awoken by the phone ringing. And it was uh, it was actually the guy that had taken the phone call from Steve. And he said, um, do you want to go back to the reservoir? Just, uh, just kind of, you know, see what's going on. Because I'll be really curious now to know what the fuck has happened. Now, Steve's brother was beside himself. He really was absolutely fucking distraught. Uh, but he'd gone with the two beef eaters. He was with them. They'd taken him. So... But anyway, we went back to the reservoir, got dressed, he picked me up, took a drive back, we picked somebody else up on the way, went to get to the car park, and uh, cops everywhere, just fucking bl blue lights and red fucking stripes, and you know, fire crew was there, there was an ambulance there, um, there was a lot of people there, and we couldn't get into the car park, they wouldn't let us. So what we did was we doubled back and we went back down the uh, uh, back down the this Bubbanall Road. Uh, I think it was called the Leamington Road. Yeah, back down Leamington Road, and uh, we parked up uh, in what was this little kind of farmy industrial bit, uh, little place, and we got out, climbed a couple of fences, and uh, we got to. Again, my rectangle reference, we were on the right-hand side. And we could see that there were um, divers in the water. There was... Um, uh, the fire guys had put up some sort of makeshift um, ladder thing uh, between the um, island, little island in the, in the reservoir, and the bank. And uh, there was a ladder stretching across that. There were maybe five or six boats, uh, little dingy boats. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it looked, how the scene looked. And we waited there for a little while. And uh, then we saw uh, Steve being extracted from the water. And they when they pulled him out, A, I thought, fucking hell, that's not him it's someone else because I thought 
that guy's fucking huge. Uh, but the bodies bloat. Bodies bloat in water. Um, and he just looked a lot bigger than he was when he went in. So they brought him out and they put him on the bank and he was covered, absolutely covered in these reeds and just absolutely, you know, entangled. And then my mobile went off and the police kind of looked in our direction and then started to walk towards us. And I thought, fuck this. <laughs> I'm not getting caught. I'm not going to... Um, kind of admit to these cops why I'm here. So we kind of backed off round the bushes, dived over this fucking fence, ran back to our car, and uh, away we went, back down the uh, 445, as fast as we fucking could, I might add. So yeah, we really uh, we really gave it some, and um, we got back to the 423, and we headed back towards uh, towards Coventry on the Oxford Road, uh, we went back to uh, Woolenhall and uh, we went off to go and see um, a mate of ours uh, who was quite heavily contacted to say, look, we've just been down there and it looks as though, you know, we can confirm that Steve is uh, drowned, he's dead. And he said, yeah, we've had that, we've heard that. We've got a friendly copper on site, he's phoned us. So they knew that anyway. And um, from what I heard afterwards, Steve's brother was then brought down to the uh, to the bank to identify him. Because uh, they, didn't, they didn't take him straight to the morgue. They held him there. Don't know why, really. But they got, his, they got him down. Then they got his mum down. And then they all went off to the uh, hospital together. And uh, body was positively identified. And he had... um, The police retrieved his car. And in his car was a bag, uh, some other stuff, and a couple of tickets to Spain. And we never did kind of work out who the second ticket was for. We never kind of got there. Was he going to ask his brother to go with him? And maybe that's why, you know, that's what it was all about. Or what? But he drowned. And I cannot think of a worse way to go than drowning. What courage do you need to... (laughs) Courage or fear? Whatever it was, what the hell made him get in that water and think that the water was going to be safer than going near these two guys. I think either way, he would have been damaged. Best case scenario. If the boys had got him, I think he would have probably been kneecapped. He would have had his life changed, that's for sure. Whether that's all the fingers on a hand or or his kneecaps or you know, feet in a vice or whatever, but he, he would have paid a price. But he paid the ultimate price. He died. And I sat and watched it. Did I think about getting in the water? No. No. I'd have died too. Anyone getting in that water would have died as well. It's a fact. So I didn't really feel that 
uncomfortable uh, with my actions on that day. We got a belated thank you from uh, the guy whose daughter had been fucked. Just to say um, thank you guys for uh, helping out. Uh, shame about the result. And uh, have a drink on me sort of thing. So, I don't know really. Just strange... It's a strange thing with Steve. I've seen I've seen a lot of people. Uh, I've seen a lot of dead bodies in my time. I've seen a lot of people killed, and I've seen people die while I've been watching them die. But for some reason, Steve, and that isn't his name. Steve, the way he died, kind of stuck with me through through a lot of years. Really, I had a few nightmares about it. Drowning. I mean, God, drowning. It must be must be the very worst way to die. Because it's slow. And when you think, if, if, as what obviously happened, he got his feet tangled in the reeds and he was thrashing about, his head couldn't have been above water because he, he would have screamed. He would have, I would have heard something. But obviously his hands were. It was a crazy thing. And I, I just cannot think of a worse fate. I've always been really careful with water since then. Always. Whether it's been in the sea or a swimming pool. Always. Must be a horrible, horrible way to go. Four people turned up to his funeral. I remember his brother telling me afterwards, long time afterwards. His mum was there. Uh, obviously, Steve's brother was there. The um, vicar was there. And uh, there was some neighbour. Not even his dad turned up. Isn't that fucking sad? Anyway. There is a lesson in this. And I think the lesson has to be that your perception of what can be the worst consequences of any action could be worse than you think. This has been Ken. And this has been the Ken Burton Show podcast. And this has been Steve's story. Poor bastard. I'll see you on the dark side. Welcome to the world of digital sound. Shutting down all systems.